Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Now's the time to save 30% on wedding jewelry, only on BlueNile.com. Make sure your wedding ring is the one with your pick of diamond and lab-grown diamond bands, all hand-finished and graded for excellence. Or surprise her with something blue she'll love for life, like a stunning pair of sapphire earrings. Blue Nile's jewelry experts are available 24-7 to help, from fit questions to style advice. Right now, get up to 30% off at BlueNile.com. BlueNile.com. What's up, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of Straight Up Sabres, presented by the Hockey Podcast Network and the Charging Buffalo. As always, I'm Brendan. And I'm Taylor. And Taylor, the Buffalo Sabres will be picking 28th with their third pick in the first round of the 2022 entry draft as the Florida Panthers not only got swept, got their asses whooped by a Tampa Bay Lightning team that outmatched them outmatched them just about in every facet. Andre Veslovsky was magnificent throughout the series. It wasn't for the lack of chances for Florida. Veslovsky just played unbelievably well, and I think that the veteran presence throughout the Tampa lineup and just having the playoff experience that they had had a big factor in overpowering a Panthers team that looked pretty lost at points, too. Yeah, this isn't the worst we've ever seen a... uh a President's Trophy team doing the playoffs, but it's pretty bad yeah. for Florida. So it's it's interesting how it happened because I would say they didn't really look like themselves all playoffs. Yeah. And there's some people that thought that that might happen, but I'm still a little surprised by it. The fact that they, in the first round, went to six games with Washington and needed a huge comeback in one of them to win. It looked like, honestly, they could have lost that series. And then obviously... Getting swept by Tampa. I know we talked in the last few episodes about how good Tampa is, but still, still sweeping the President's Trophy team is it's it's impressive. Now with Florida, though, I it should be stated as you mentioned, Andre Vasilevsky, huge role in in what happened in the series. Unbelievable. He was unbelievably good in the series after being well, very good in Game Seven against the Leafs, uh, in Game Six, kind of hit or miss in the Leafs with three wins, but. Not not like super dominant in the Leafs series right. until Game Seven, but super dominant in the series. He made forty nine saves in Game Four, and now people are starting to talk about Vasilevsky uh, in an interesting light. And I almost feel like he's more of the story than Florida somehow. I would agree with that. I mean, I've even been seeing people putting him on their Mount Rushmore of goalies. Well, that's stupid. But I mean, he's on his. I know, but I, I think right. That's what I mean. I, I think more than that being a solidified thing right now, it's a testament to Unless, just how. Oh, Unless you have a Charles Barkley Mount Rushmore, where there's just unlimited space. <laughs> I mean, I guess that could be fair. But Did then, you see that? And no, he said, he says who's on his basketball Mount Rushmore, and he was like, uh, Bill Russell, uh, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, Michael Jordan, LeBron, Kobe, Shaq. <laughs> just said like eleven guys. It's like you can't do that. That's the whole Did, challenge. Did you see the the Twitter thread that was going around yesterday where it was like 
Charles Barkley is low-key one of the funniest people on television, and it was just a montage of a couple of his videos, and then all of the replies were like, no, how about this moment, how about this moment? I was going through this Twitter thread for probably a good half hour, just laughing my ass off, his, like just hysterically laughing. I, Barkley is, is an unbelievable TV presence. Yeah, my two favorites are probably, one is uh, he, this is an old one, but he's talking about the movie Lincoln, he saw it, and he was like, I like Obama, but I think Lincoln's my favorite president after seeing that movie. And Kenny Smith's like, why? And he's like, because if it wasn't for him, we'd all be calling Ernie Boss right now. <laughs> and then the other one where Ernie couldn't be there, he's probably off, it was the regular season. He's like, Ernie can't be here. Ernie, stay safe at the Capitol tonight. <laughs> oh, yeah, I did see that one yesterday. Oh, my God. Incredible. Oh, man. But back to your point, there's a lot of... Uh, a lot of uh, interesting things being said about Vasilevsky. And mm-hmm. I don't disagree. His playoff resume is unbelievable. And I think he really, the person he's reminding me of, uh, is not Hashik or Brodeur. It's Wah. And I'll tell you why. First of all, he's got a young start. I think he's only 26 or 27. Mm-hmm. So he's already had a ton of time. Wah got his start when he was like 19. And he won a cup pretty young. And he was awesome. And he was awesome in the 86 cup. He was really good in the 89 playoffs when Montreal lost the cup. And then again in 93, they win the cup again. And then he wins two more cups with, with Colorado. And he's really great all those series. He's the only guy, I believe, that has... I believe he's the only person that has three con smites. But I, that can't be right, actually, because shouldn't Gretzky have more? I think he might have the most con smites of all time. Okay. That's what I'm getting at. There's an award he has the most of, and I'm not sure what it is now that I think about it. But I think it might be con smites. Hmm. Anyway, he's an unbelievable playoff performer who steadily is... Very good in the regular season, which is not some a lot of goalies aren't very steady, ninety five percent of them. Um, so he's st- at least, and he's you could say now I'm willing to say he has the the title belt for best goalie in the world right now. He definitely has it over Hellebuck for now, and I think he also plays on a great team. And that reminds me of Wah. It's not like Brodeur who also played in a great team in a different way, but was like, I mean. A little bit overrated. Did not have the playoff runs Wild or Hashik did. And Our like, thoughts on not. Martin Broder are well documented. Yeah, and then <laughs> he's not Hashik because he's not the absolute like dominating force Hashik was for a eight or nine year period. But like he's when people say he's on his way to having uh, one of the best careers of all time, you have to consider the playoffs and you have to consider how incredible he's been in closeout games or games where Tampa Bay could theoretically be eliminated. Mm-hmm. He's been fantastic and he's been fantastic for years now and he's been incredibly steady he's a best in the finals pretty much every year so i guess that's to me the biggest story there is he's gonna he has claimed the like i said the title belt which a lot of people already thought he did last year um and the i guess the secondary thing is my thought on florida is you don't have to change too much I agree. I don't think there's any drastic measures that need to be taken. One of the reports that did come out that I saw that I found to be pretty interesting is that Florida was aggressively trying to trade Sergei Bobrovsky throughout the season. And I have an idea for this, okay? I think that Florida can trade Sergei Bobrovsky to the Sabres, $3 million retained, and you throw in Sam Reinhart, and we'll take him off your hands. (laughs) Yeah, fair deal. I mean, they want to get that off the books. <laughs> yeah, I, they do. It's weird. He had a good year though this year, and I don't. I'm not so sure how great Spencer Knight's going to be. So it's a it's a question for sure. I mean, Knight is obviously highly touted, but they've given him opportunities to steal that job, and while he's looked okay at points, 
he hasn't done enough to and has let Bob creep in. And again, like you said, Bob had a pretty decent year this year. But, you know, I'm obviously kidding with that trade proposal. I mean, right. I, in theory, like if there was a way that they, that they could get Sam Reinhart back, I would do just about anything. But <laughs> <laughs> just about. Um, oh, Devil Flanders just popped up in the room right now. <laughs> no, but... Uh, I mean, when it comes to when it comes to Bob, it's an interesting situation. I mean, you have that much money for four more years, I believe. I mean, that is a hefty price to pay, and so you have to wonder what is Florida telling teams that they're willing to retain. Clearly, it's not enough for anybody to bite at that, and understandably so. I mean, who is going to want to take that on? That kind of a contract for that term, and just where Bob is at in his career right now. That's, I mean, it's a great question. That's kind of why I think, I'd, at least for the next year, I'd be kind of rolling the dice and trying to bring him back. I'm not sure, though, 100%. I mean, if you could get a good enough taker, it's it's worth considering. It's also, I guess we should note, even though I think Florida is a really good roster construction right now, uh, their deadline was kind of a flop. Yep. And they gave up a lot of high picks for Giroux and... Who was the other person? Chariot. Chariot, yeah. Oh, my a God. A first-round pick for Ben Chariot. Yes, that Yikes. is a disaster. Could have just had Colin Miller. What are you guys doing? Mm-hmm. For not a first-round pick. Yeah, for like a third-round pick. Right. Instead of just sitting in the box every night. Right. Buffalo. I mean, that was that's. I thought that was a really stupid move the moment it happened. Giroux, I get what they were going for, but he didn't end up being as productive as I'm sure they hoped. And then just in general, their offense kind of collapsed in some ways. I know part of that is they, faced, they got stonewalled by a really good goalie. And that happens. Yeah, but they couldn't score on the power play at all. That's the main thing I was going to bring to. Their power play was an absolute nightmare to have to deal with this season. And in the playoffs, it was just a nightmare. Yep. Like, that, to me, I don't know what to say about that. Because a lot of times, you would remember, Brendan, the Washington Capitals got eliminated in the first two rounds by uh, a higher seed. I don't know how many times. Like 14? Yeah, in our lifetimes. (laughs) And a lot of people talked about, well, they're a power play-driven team. You don't get as many power plays in the playoffs. That was not the case this year. Florida had all the opportunities. They yep. absolutely did. And they couldn't capitalize. It wasn't until Reinhardt scored in, what, game four, right, that they yeah. had their first power play goal of the series? The whole playoffs. Or the playoffs. You're, Jesus, you're right. I mean, that is unacceptable when you also consider just the firepower that they have on both units. I mean, you want to talk about the first unit where you have, of course, Reinhardt, Giroux, Barkov, Huberdeau, and Duclair. I mean, that is rock solid like that is a really great first unit but then the second unit you have carter for you have aaron Ackblad on your point you have mason marshmont who had a career year this year you have sam bennett you have anton lindell i mean again going down for more of their secondary scoring here patrick hornquist i mean there's a great veteran presence there so they had talent throughout the lineup or, or throughout their, their special teams on their power play. I mean, there's just no excuse for that at all. And I think, it, yeah, absolutely. That's an obvious thing that we all can point to that was just a backbreaker for them. You know, and again, I guess the whole point of what we're talking about here is the, the question that it all comes down to is how much of that attribution should go to Andre Vasilevsky and how much should go to them just not being able to finish because it's an elite goalie but we're also talking about an elite offense and they just came out so flat I think you got to go both ways on that oh yeah it's like you said being an elite offense they almost had as many games where they scored 
three or fewer goals in the playoffs as they did in the regular season. They were only in the playoffs for 10 games. They just basically didn't get shut out this year. They did. Sorry, I think it was fewer than three goals. So zero, one, or two goals. I mean, they didn't do that. That was not part of the Florida Panther experience this year. They were the most exciting team in hockey. And I don't think they got slowed down because playoff hockey is different. I think maybe, first of all, they, they don't have a ton of playoff experience. Maybe they just ran into a better team, a better goalie. And like we just were talking about, their power play was a, a disaster. Oh, what yeah. more can you say that already has not been said? Speaking of elite goalies, Igor Shosturkin. Time to talk about this series because, as we all know now, the Rangers have evened with the Carolina Hurricanes 2-2. Two to two. And, again, if we're talking about goalies that are absolutely carrying the load, if you want to say Andre Vasilevsky in the same breath, you have to say Igor Shosturkin. Through the four games against the Hurricanes in this series. His save percentage is 923, 957, 977, and 968 most recently. In Game 4 in that win, I believe his uh, goals save above expected... His goals save above expected is... a I think it's like double digits. Oh my God, really? I swear to God, I think that's, it's like 10. That's absurd. I mean, he had a great year in terms of that in the NHL, so I, I do kind of believe it, actually, but... Man, he's basically single-handedly stealing this series. The Hurricanes are not playing poorly at all. They don't, there's no like power play or something to point to where it's like, well, here's the thing they've been doing well all year that they're just not doing well anymore. They're just getting stopped by a superior goalie. And Shesterkin, maybe this is someone we can, I don't want to make the comparison yet, but if he had a lot more years like he had this year, that remind my, reminded me of Hashik. It wouldn't be as good as Hashik, but <clears throat> probably... Because he just carrying a bunch of losers and bozos to a significantly better record and more playoff success than they deserve. And that is absolutely the case right now because this team is a one-line team. The Rangers, that is. They have real firepower. Mika Zibanej had someone we have to say. like He's fourth in playoff scoring. He's one of the more underrated guys in the league right now. And obviously Panarin and Kreider had great years too. But there's not a lot of depth there, and I don't love their defense. I think this is a, a, a goaltending and power play driven team, and they're going to beat the Hurricanes because they are so good at one of those. I should mm-hmm. say they're going to beat the Hurricanes. They, they have can a chance, beat the Hurricanes. They have a chance to beat the Hurricanes. Right. Also, I have the update here. Igor Shesterkin right now has a 10.73 goal save above the expected. Andre Veselovsky, 10.14. <laughs> Crazy. So, just. And, and they both played 11 games, I believe. Uh, yes. So, basically what that means for, for those who aren't familiar is they are saving one more goal, more than one goal, I should say, than expected per game. And that'd be expected is a, a completely average goalie, the most average goalie in the net, uh, would have given uh, 15 more goals in 11 games. And you know what? It wouldn't be 11 games because both of those teams would have probably lost in the first round. Yeah. Yeah. It is just unbelievable, the goaltending performances that we've been getting out of these two. Also, sorry for the squeaking in the background. That would be Ziggy going to town on a chew toy. But it's remarkable what he's doing. And, I mean, there was a time early on, too, in the playoffs where I think everybody really was counting the Rangers out just because of the fact that as we're saying, I mean, the, Shesterkin was really the engine that drove them, and 
I mean, you're going up against teams that outmatch them. I mean, that you would think on paper, like, completely do. And, you know, I know Carolina obviously has their questions in net right now with Anderson not back yet. But it's amazing to see in these two series how the goaltending is just completely taking these teams over the top. It, and it's even more remarkable in Shesterkin's case because of the fact that he has a significantly less talented team in front of him. Oh, I mean, no doubt. This is a he's getting stonewalled. Not he's stonewalling other teams, and he's getting shelled from game to game. And this is a series, I guess, we know the least about going forward. Like this series, I it's I to me it looks like it has seven games written all over it because one series is already over, and I think by the time people are listening to this. Another one will be. Yep. And we'll get to that in a minute. But, man, this... It's a really impressive run by Shesterkin. And I think you really do see it from at least one goaltender every year. And there's a chance we have a conference final coming up next week with two goalies that are having the, basically this incredible run at the same time. And, you know, there's teams that obviously have a... Weirdly have a history. It's 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 pretty recent, but... They've, I was going to say, some, some yeah. trades and... At least one playoff series, a conference final in 2015. 20, yep. Uh, and a bunch of trades between the two teams. And then, obviously, Ryan McDonough, who I believe used to be the captain of the Rangers. Correct. Uh, is on Tampa Bay now. And then Martin San Louis between them as well. and Ryan Callahan. Ryan Callahan, that's another example. So, that's something Barclay to look <laughs> Yes. Otherwise, honestly, I'm not super-duper looking forward to the possibility of a Carolina-Tampa conference final, that would be kind of a bummer to me. Um, I Who would you root for? Tampa, 100%. Yeah. No question. What about the Rangers? Tampa. Because <laughs> in that case, I want to see Tampa-Colorado. I don't want to see a I just wanted to see if of, I could get you riled up. <laughs> no, but like we've had two straight cups where Tampa is just... Well, the Stars were okay, but like, blah. The Canadians were uh, garbage. Yeah. And they proved it. And those cups are big disappointments. I think Tampa up against Colorado would be uh, fascinating. I mean, Carolina-Colorado would be a good series, but, like, come on, man. Carolina in the cup is such bad vibes. I don't... The worst vibes. It's not even just a personal thing. Like, man, that's that would suck. Oh, no, it's very personal for me. It's I mean, it's a little <laughs> bit of both, if I'm being honest. Um, God, no one wants downtown Raleigh to be the center of the hockey world. No. No, 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 no. And so I... I... I I don't think they get past Tampa anyways. And at this stage of the game, if we weren't if we want to go for entertainment value, it's gotta be Tampa, Colorado. Hundred percent, yeah. The two most exciting teams. And they're both good at everything. Mm-hmm. Um, and Colorado was the second best team in terms of points in the NHL this year. They were certainly the best team in the West. Tampa was not the best team in the regular season, but they do kind of have the defending champ thing. Yeah. Going for. Oh yeah. A lot of times defending champs aren't the best team. Especially the two-time defending champs. You played a lot more games, you take things easy, you have injuries, you have nothing to prove really in the regular season. Where a team like Florida has a lot to prove. Colorado still has something to prove. Very excited by that possibility. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. so well, uh, are you looking forward to Calgary, Carolina? Calgary, Carolina, <laughs> Jesus. Well, that, that actually... We don't, need a, we don't need a rematch. Yeah. <laughs> we don't, that is a rematch we do not need. Wait, Calgary, Carolina? Yeah. Rematch of what? Didn't they... Uh... Wasn't that the O4 Cup? That was Calgary Tampa. Calgary Tampa, Jesus, sorry. Well, we could have two rematches because the next cup after that was Edmonton Carolina. Yeah, you're right. Okay, yeah, I just got my lines crossed there. Well, 
Let's move on to the series that we were just talking about there. Colorado, St. Louis. Colorado leads this series 3-1 to one over the Blues. The main story, the thing that's been really the only thing that we've been seeing these days about this series is obviously the drama surrounding Nazim Kadri and his not at all hit on Jordan Bennington that has knocked Bennington out of the series and of course then stemming from that the absolutely ridiculous threats and racist remarks that Kadri has had to be dealing with. I mean, huh, did you see the screenshots of the stuff I, his I wife? I did, yeah, yeah. It's what terrible. is wrong with yeah, people? Yeah, no, it's, it's terrible. I mean, and it's, yeah, it's a, I think, you know, just as bad in this, in this latest, this game, Kadri has made a concerted effort to not be the player he's been in the past. Right. Uh, he's gotten, you know, in some trouble, particularly in the postseason the past few years. And he's, I know he has that history, but he really hasn't been that guy this year. And he's been pretty open about not wanting to be that guy. Uh, and I, what happened with Bennington is a total, it was a total fluke. It was, it was an act, like he, he was thrown into the goalie. That was, the, I, I see him having like 0% fault there. And to see what happened with like, Guys going after him, first of all, that that's kind of bad enough. But like, Perrin should probably be suspended because the difference between uh, a Dale Hunter type incident happening, maybe even a worse version of that, and what happened is that Perrin had a bad aim when he tried to throw his elbow at Kadri after mm-hmm. that goal. Like going after someone after they score a goal in that way, in a way they're completely not expecting, he. It's like honestly, like if you shot at someone like ten times and like got, it's like oh well you missed so. No, no prison time whatsoever. In fact, you're not even going to be arrested or even talked to. <laughs> it's ridiculous. He tried to elbow him in the face when he was going by him. He could have mm-hmm. like knocked him out. Could have broke his nose. Took him completely by surprise. And it was after a goal. It was not during a play. Mm-hmm. It's it's ridiculous to me that he didn't get at least a one game suspension. So yeah, this been it's been ridiculous, and it it makes me uh, kind of. Come on, Colorado to win even more. I was coming around on the idea of St. Louis being a kind of fun team, but I don't need to come around in that because they're going to be eliminated like an hour after we're done recording. <laughs> so. As we're recording this now, Colorado is up one to nothing with about three minutes remaining in the first period. So obviously by the time you all are listening to this, you know the results of the game and more likely than not the series. Got to think Colorado is going to close this one out at home. And last but not least, let's get into the Battle of Alberta because... This series has not necessarily gone how we thought it was going to. No. Edmonton leads Calgary 3-1 to with a chance to close out against the Flames on Thursday night in Calgary. I mean, the, the story of this is obviously Connor McDavid. He has probably had the best playoff performance so far that we've seen since, like, Gretzky in like the 80s I mean this guy is for a skater of course yeah Yeah. I mean it is just remarkable (laughs) night in and night out how he's dominating and I think it's kind of I think it was after uh game one or I think it might have been after game one uh that I think is either Daryl Sutter or Matthew Kachuk had said something to the effect of being like as long as we can like make sure that McDavid doesn't score three four points a night we're gonna be able to get through this series and uh, <laughs> you might not that's not him. going well. <laughs> no, he's well over two points a game. Yeah, this is this is not only like a star-making performance. Like, he's needed this playoff run. He hasn't had anything like this. 
it's it's unbelievable. I, some of the best skater performances I can remember, some of them are you know a little bit luck driven in the in the short term, but like really good efforts out recently out of like McKinnon a couple years ago only for two rounds, so don't know much of that counts. And then you have like Logan Couture was awesome in in twenty sixteen I think that was. Phil Kessel, very fun, a couple times, 2016 and 17. And then Crosby and Malkin in 09, I remember as well. Taze and Kane in 2010 as well. But, like, I don't remember anything like this. This guy might have 30 points by the time the second round's over. It's ridiculous. <laughs> like, the the record for the cap era, I believe, is Malkin having 36 in 09. What, is, what does he have now? Like, what, 26, 27, McDavid? Let's look and see. I think it's 26. It's 11 games into the playoffs. It's it's completely absurd, and to Brendan's point, like, he is scoring multiple points every night, and he's a huge reason, not a huge reason, he's, like, the, the main reason. It's, like, it's almost like when you see a goalie carry a team in the playoffs, like we've seen a lot of, except this time it's a skater, which we, we've not seen a lot of. 25 points, excuse me. 25, 25 points through 11 games. So you'd only need 12 more points to pass Malkin. He doesn't even have to make the cup to do that. Yeah, yeah he, it's just really unbelievable. Yeah, he has been putting on a show to say the least. Yeah, five on five points, he's got eighteen. Um, so of course, then he has you know the other six on the power play. But it's it's just at every facet of the game, and I think one thing that's going to be interesting to look ahead, you know, as we're looking ahead to next season too. The league's got to get this guy on prime time. Like oh, yeah. you, if he's doing anything right now, he is just. His stock is going up and up and up in terms of his marketability because I, we've been saying this throughout the playoffs. Like, this is a LeBron James level of dominance that we're seeing right yeah. now of a guy who is just completely taking over a series, like series after series. And so, I mean, ESPN, TNT, I, we're going to probably, I mean, Edmonton's probably going to have like 10 plus primetime games next year. I mean, they absolutely should. I think the NHL, especially in the NBC era, was way too focused in the short term, which they are in a lot of things. But just the fact that they were so reticent to put uh, Canadian teams on TV, because in America that means like, well, with American ratings, you're only you're you're only getting well, okay. What I what, to be more clear in what I'm saying, when you put the Rangers and the Kings on a regular season primetime game. You're getting every Rangers and Kings fan and a handful of casual fans. When you put Edmonton versus the Rangers on American TV, you're getting a Rangers fan base, whatever handful of weirdos in America cheers for Edmonton, which is getting a lot less weird, by the way. Probably a fun team to bandwagon. And casuals. The whole point is to build up the casuals because you're already at the other ones. So I think it, it's it's always been a good idea to put like Toronto in their current constituted state and Edmonton on TV. That's it's something they should have been doing for years. It's so short-sighted of NBC to be like, the ratings for this game will be two points lower than they should be this Wednesday night game and not worry about the long-term uh, growth at all and, and look at your long-term growth is. Not great. Mm-hmm. So the other thing we should mention is that unfortunately one of the big... Factors. Well, let me say something positive first. Oop, Colorado's up 2 nothing. Oh, nice. Something positive. Credit where it's due. Jay Woodcroft has done a great job with Edmonton. They haven't had good coaches basically at all for the past <laughs> whatever number of years, <laughs> however you want, however far you want to go back. Woodcroft 
has them being more than a one-line team, maybe a two-line team. But they're not just getting dummied when McDavid's off the ice. So I think in that respect, he's done very well. I think he took over like four or five months ago. And he's done, they've, they've done very well since then. So he, a lot to be proud of. So now let's get to the negative thing. A huge factor in how well they're doing behind McDavid is Evander Kane, who has been red hot scoring goals. And anyone who's listened all year uh, knows how we feel about Evander and all the things he's uh, done and been accused of in the past uh, quite a few years, but especially the past year, particularly the lawsuit with his um, child's mother, um, the way basically every team he's on seems to hate him. Um, the, his the treatment fa- of other women. His treatment of other women, his fake vaccination card, all these things. So not a huge fan of that, but I can't deny that he's been very important for them. And uh, I guess probably will play his way into a contract. I wonder if he'll be, well, from an honest perspective, it'll be on his best behavior because he literally needs his money. His financial situation is such in such dire straits. I saw some people arguing on Twitter that, like, you don't understand. That's not how it is for rich people. And it's like, you don't understand. He's like $20 million in the red. And how many times have we heard stories, too, about athletes who it's, have gotten taken advantage of by... Athletes are not billionaires, especially hockey players. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. But chap- Chapter 11 bankruptcy is no joke. It's not... Just because oh, a guy... spent a little bit too, bit too much money on NFTs. Like, no, this is... He owes... His, he owes his debtors well into the millions of dollars, and he's paying playing for like six hundred k this year because he got his contract. Uh, I don't know what the word for it is, but his contract is moot now. Oh, the well, sharks one because he faked his vaccination card, so they were able to waive him. And he's going to sue for that money, but he's not going to get it. So, if you're saying that on Twitter, stop it. You're you're bothering me. Yeah, just because he. Eight years ago, posted a picture where he's holding a stack of money in Vegas does not mean that this man is... In fact, that kind of means the opposite. Yeah, exactly. Um, All right, before we get to anything else, let's hear a word from our sponsors. All right. Hockey fans, the pursuit of a Stanley Cup is on. And DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NHL, has an unbelievable offer for the most exciting playoffs in sports. New customers can bet just $5 on any team to win and get $100 in free bets no matter what, win or lose. Looking to turn a small bet into a big payday during playoffs? With DraftKings Same Game Parlays, you can do just that. Create your own parlay by combining multiple bets, like which team will win, how many goals will be scored, and more. It's your shot at an even bigger payout. DraftKings is safe, secure, and reliable. Best of all, you can deposit and withdraw your cash whenever you want. So, download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code THPN. That's the Hockey Podcast Network. Bet $5 on any NHL team to win and get $100 in free bets no matter what. That's promo code THPN at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NHL. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details and responsible gambling resources. All right, so we're back. Um, one thing I wanted to point out, so I went over on Monday show the, the absurdity of the the Flames and Oilers and how they basically missed each other in the playoffs for a huge time. They didn't play each other. So I was reading in The Athletic, uh, Sean McIndoe's piece about it's the ranking of long-delayed uh, playoff matchups that he wants to see. So as he pointed out, we've gotten Toronto-Montreal, Battle of Florida, and Battle of Alberta the past two years, which all were 
had a long hiatus, you would say. Mm-hmm. So the Sabres were actually on the list quite a bit. I was surprised by that. Yeah, yeah. that was cool. But the, the stat that blew my mind was that Calgary and the Kings hadn't played in also more than 30 years, but they also hadn't made the playoffs in the same year since, like, 1993, I think. I think that was the last year they played, so 29 years ago. Even crazier, between 2003 and 2020, one of those teams made the playoffs every year, and two of them made it none of those years. Every year, one of them made the playoffs, and the other didn't. For 17 straight years. Jesus. The fact that the Kings and the Flames, for 17 straight years, one of them made the playoffs, and I looked it up. Yeah. It's not, it's not false, but it's also wild how all over the place it is, because it's like 03 Kings, 04 Flames, literally in the cup, um, 06 through 09 Flames, 10 through 14 Kings, 15 Flames, 16 Kings, 17 Flames, 18 Kings, 19... I think flames and then twenty flames. It's ridiculous. That's insane. I mean, just the way it happened is, I don't know. I mean, that feels a lot of these feel the the Battle of Alberta one felt impossible, but that, this feels even more ridiculous somehow. But yeah, maybe the Battle of Alberta one's worse because they were in the same division for thirty yeah. years and didn't play That's each other. Outrageous. For for the record, too, the Sabres ones that were mentioned were Buffalo, Toronto, Buffalo, which Boston, has only happened once. That also right in ninety nine. Um, Buffalo, Toronto, Buffalo, Boston, and then the highest ranking one, which I believe was the th- was like four or three, was Buffalo, Philadelphia. Right? I thought Boston, no, that was an honorable mention actually. Buffalo, Boston was ranked number two. Was yeah, and then Buffalo, Philadelphia was an honorable mention. Um, pretty interesting though. I, I it, it's going to be unbelievable when a Sabres Leafs series eventually happens. Yeah, the Sabres Leafs one's interesting. It seems crazy at first blush that they. Um... Have only played each other once in the playoffs. It's worth remembering that they used to be in different conferences mm-hmm. for most of the Sabres' existence. So, but still, I mean, they've been in the same conference for 20-something years, in the same division for mm-hmm. 20-something years now. And they were good at the same time, late 90s, early 2000s. So, that's interesting. How about the um, like mid-2000s for the Leafs? That was tough. They weren't very good. Hmm. They missed the playoffs for quite a few years in a row. Huh. I was just curious <laughs> about that for no particular reason. <laughs> It is funny the Sabres Flyers are on there. It's like, that hasn't happened in forever, and it's our last playoff series. Oh, God. No. Sabres Flyers? Yeah. Oh, yeah, you're right, it is. I thought Bo- I was thinking Boston for a minute, but it totally wasn't. Bo- they're both on there. Those are our last That's two playoff crazy. series. That's so crazy. Oh, and he man. made a point of saying, too, because the, I forgot if you mentioned like the 10-year window thing that's, or whatever. That's the rule. It has to be at least 10 years to get on yeah. the list. So, crazy stuff. Yeah, definitely. Also, I want to mention another athletic article. Did you see this one about uh, Craig Ramsey? You know, about the Slovakia hockey team? I yeah. didn't end up reading it yet. No, I, but I, I was intrigued me. I was curious about it. Was it pretty good? Yeah, so he got hired by a Slovak great Miroslav Shatan. Oh, God. Who is the GM. We love Miro. So basically, <laughs> they talk about Ramsey. He was a saber for well, many, many years. But he was a longtime NHLer, and he was the kind of guy, he retired. It's like, I'm immediately in coaching. Coaching, scouting. Um, you know, front office stuff. And then, like, in 2017 or so, the phone stopped ringing. And meanwhile, Shatan had retired from European hockey at that point and was like, wow, Team Slovakia is a mess. So Shatan gets hired as GM. He's one of the best Slovakian players of all time, obviously. And he's like, I need to get Craig Ramsey over here. And they've turned things around really nicely. It was a nice little mm-hmm. story. 
Yeah, it seems like he might do it for a couple more years, not too much longer. Obviously, Craig Ramsey is not a uh, young man, but yeah, I thought that was a nice story. We love to see Sabres alumni that are not currently playing anymore thriving. We really <laughs> love to see that. Yes. Any other thoughts you'd like to share, Taylor? Uh, not really. Have you seen Morbius yet? <laughs> I saw him at uh, at Dash's actually. Oh, really? Yeah, he was going to the produce, and I was like, I thought you were uh, more of a wet guy, and he was like, (laughs) and I was like, oh, all right, see ya, man, good to see ya. Should have asked if he's led any other good (laughs) cults recently. No, I don't know. I don't know, man. I, um, let's see, do I have a recommendation or no? Uh, I think I already said my one from Monday. I'll do mine first. I'm just going to recommend a random album because I've been listening to it a lot lately. Stank On Ya, Outkast. Oh, yeah, classic. Mm, so many good ones. In my opinion, if I, gun to my head, had to pick what I think the best Outkast song is, or at least top three, probably, because I think picking one is too difficult, Spaghetti Junction, I think, is up there. That is just, in my opinion, musically... And both Andre 3000 and Big Boy at their absolute best on that song. Wow. You're looking puzzled. Why is someone putting a gun to your head and asking you that? Taylor, you don't know the streets I hang out in, man. (laughs) The Umwood Village? (laughs) Bro, have you ever walked around Chapin (laughs) through through the paths of Delaware Park? Yeah. No, I'm, I'm terrified. People are very, very aggressive about their outcast opinions, okay? Yeah. Oh, totally. <laughs> I mean, obviously, there's so many other great hits on that as well. Miss Jackson, B.O.B. All right, Big Bob. Big Bob, yep. There's the one with Erica Badu on there as well. I mean, it is just top to bottom a great album. Obviously, I feel like, and I bring that one up too because I feel like it's somewhat i wouldn't say forgotten but obviously people will go to the prior two albums which are rap royalty and then after that of course the speaker box the love below the the very famous double album but yeah man i don't know i mean and don't get me wrong like i i don't know if it's my favorite album of theirs necessarily because i would have a hard time picking that over aquemini or uh at aliens but it's a damn good album it's a really, really, really good album, and I wish Outkast would come back and make another record sometime, but also I'm happy for Andre 3000 and Big Boy to do whatever the hell they want to do. Oh, So Fresh, So Clean is also on, and now I'm remembering all these. Wow. Mm, yeah, Humble Mumble is the one with Erica Badu, Gasoline Dreams. When I saw Outkast, they opened with that, actually. Where did you see Outkast? At uh, Governor's Ball in oh, 2014. Wow. It was like them, The Strokes, and Jack White. There's a lot wow. of that. Have I ever told you about this lineup, actually? That's quite a... Uh... Okay. Get ready for this lineup. So this is before a lot of... I became, Before I became into a lot of these bands. But this... You're going to have a hard time telling me that this is not potentially like one of the best festival lineups ever, given some of the down-the-lineup artists and where they ended up being in their careers. All right, so the headliners were Outkast, Jack White, Vampire Weekend, and The Strokes. Going down the next group, Skrillex, yeah, Phoenix, Interpool, Disclosure, Foster the People, TV on the Radio, Julian Casablanca's solo project, um, J. Cole, Spoon, Damian Marley, Nico Case, Damon Alburn from Gorillas and Blur, uh, Empire of the Sun, 
Childish Gambino, Grimes, James Blake. Grimes, had, huh? Oh, yeah. Oh, that, boy. I don't ever listen to Grimes, but I'm just, like, the name value. The Head and the Heart, Janelle Monae, The 1975, Fits in the Tantrums, Tyler the Creator, LaRue, Kurt Vile, Bastille, Earl Sweatshirt, Frank Turner, Chance the Rapper, Lucius, Jason Isbell, Run the Jewels. I mean, this is a ridiculous... Oh, Catfish in the Bottom and also Meg... Yeah, Meg... This is a ridiculous lineup. 1975 and Janelle Monet and Childish Cambino and Earl Sweatshirt are all way... Or, uh, and Chance the Rapper are all way down the lineup, too. And I didn't realize it. I wasn't listening to half of these. Not half of them, but like a lot of these artists I wasn't even listening to yet because they obviously weren't like hitting it really big. But damn, I wish I had that we could go to a lineup like that today. I know, man. What year was that? 2014. Wow. All of those people. I mean, that is a crazy, crazy lineup. You know who else you saw in 2014? Shaggy. I did see Shaggy. The lineup was wild. <laughs> there was his opener that canceled. There was the guy who came out and hyped up the radio. Yep. There was Shaggy coming out thinking he was in Albany yep. for some reason. Yep. Despite being repeatedly booed when he kept bringing up Albany. <laughs> yeah. Which, to be fair... My that... favorite one was... <laughs> was... <laughs> People always are out here telling me the ladies in Albany are the best. Is that true? And everyone's like, no! <laughs> to be fair, that's what also people would answer in Albany. That way. Yeah, that's fair as well. <laughs> Um, and you got the biggest star of the night, rain. Mm. It rained for 45 straight hours. Ruined canal side. (laughs) Completely ruined it. I'm pretty sure they had to, like, resod the entire grass lawn that that summer because of that show. Yep. Craziness. Just craziness. Outrageous. Yeah, there's probably, like, now that I'm looking at it, aside from the four headliners, I see... Like six current other festival headliners on that lineup. Wow! Between Grimes, J- yeah, fuck off. <laughs> Between let's see, I mean J Cole for sure, definitely Childish Gambino, definitely the 1975. Tyler the Creator is definitely up there on a lot of bills. Chance the Rapper for sure is. I mean the others are pretty close. Like Foster the People and Phoenix and Interpol are always pretty up there. Yeah, that, that I'm god damn. Wow. Have you ever been to a music festival? No. Interesting. Oh, you go sometimes they're pretty does fun. Does kerfuffle count? No. <laughs> <laughs> what about the kerfuffle before Christmas? It does not. Listen, the kerfuffle before Christmas absolutely counts actually. Christmas bash. Wow. I've never been to Christmas bash. Kiss the summer hello? Also never been. <laughs> Me neither. Those are usually like for kids though, right? I don't think so. Oh, I thought they were like... Maybe for kids, yeah, I don't know. Like 15-year-olds. Oh, yeah, maybe. maybe. All right, so for my recommendation, so I just finished Russian Doll Season 2, which is not my recommendation, but it reminds me that Russian Doll Season 1 exists. Mm. Uh, so if you're someone out there who's never watched Russian Doll and you think you might be into it, well, let me sell you on it. If you're one of our six or seven listeners that happen to be a woman, it's an all-female <laughs> writing staff, female showrunner... Uh. And you know a lot of uh, a lot of the cast is women, so you know it's a it's, it's a definite um, a lot less male energy than a lot of shows makes it definitely a different feel. Based in New York City, a lot of people have um, uh, compared it to a book that I'm looking at right now called Meet Me in the Bathroom, 
uh, Rebirth of Rock and Roll in New York City, 2001 to 2011 by Lizzie Goodman. Yeah. Say, like, if that book came to life, it would be the characters in the show. Oh, really? I've seen people say that on Twitter. It's not about music, though, which is interesting. Interesting. But it's based in New York City. Um, and it's a fantastic show in a lot of ways. It's a time loop show. Who doesn't love a time loop show? And it's also, you know, it's about uh, generational trauma and whatnot, important crap you might care about. <laughs> I'm just kidding. It's very good in that in that way, too. And there's there's a lot of great... Uh, it's very interesting, a lot of good exploration. It's a, it's a good hang. It's pretty funny. Season two, I'm still unsure of, even though I finished it. I don't know. I'm not sure how necessary it was. Allegedly, there's going to be a season three that ties things together. We'll see. But all you need to worry about is season one, because you can take that as its own individual story. Amen. Cool. Do you watch The Boys? No, I've heard of it, though, because uh, one of the main characters is in the new Scream movie. Oh, okay, yeah. It's actually... I just finished the first season of it. I'm trying to catch up before season three comes out, but it's pretty damn good. Do you know what the premise of it is? It's like superheroes, but also um, they work for, like, a private company? Yes, a private major company that's trying to get them, like, contracts to be in, like, the military, pretty much. And half of them the main ones at least are like horrible very fake terrible terrible people and commit a lot of atrocities so it's pretty wild wow are we talking about superheroes or the friggin Milan Lucic over here oh my god nice uh, <laughs> you feel good about that one <laughs> uh hey I have another I have two other things that I would recommend one coming out on Friday the first two episodes of Kenobi are you gonna watch no probably not you kidding me? I'm at least not on Friday, but probably not at all, if I'm being honest. Grow up, Taylor. <laughs> the other yeah. thing I'm going to recommend... You watched the show the other... I've loved since I was a kid. Grow up. Yeah. The, other thing, the other thing I'm going to recommend, too, just to put this out there, if you're not doing anything on Saturday, uh, my band, Slow Animals, my cover band, we're playing at Thin Man Brewery on Elmwood, and Saturday also happens to be my birthday, and we're having a little birthday show for it, and our bass player, Jonah, his birthday is today that we're recording this on Wednesday. Happy birthday, Jonah. But more important than that, we are doing a fundraiser for a local organization, Black Love Resistant the Rust, who is uh, an incredible local group. They are doing a lot of work on the ground right now, helping out our neighbors on the east side who are affected by the racist, tragic massacre that had happened a couple of weeks back. And so we're doing a fundraiser for them. We're donating our payout entirely to BLRR and then we're also going to have a bucket up to take a collection for folks who are going to go to the concert to, to donate as well and we're going to do a combined donation. It's going to be really great. It's a really great cause. It's going to be a great time. So come out, help out our neighbors on the east side, show some love and uh, hopefully we'll see you there. And I will extend my offer that I uh, threw out there for when Slow Animals played at the Sabres game. If you are listening to this and show up and come up to me at the bar and tell me I was listening to Straight Up Sabres and I would like to cash in my free drink, come and do that. I will buy you a drink if you are listening and actually show up. So, yeah, going to be a great time. Expecting a packed house. It'll be really, really cool. So hopefully we'll, we'll see you there. Anything else, Taylor, before we sign off and go watch Celtics Heat? Um, go Bills. Go Bills. 
All right, everyone. Well, thank you for tuning in to this episode of Straight Up Sabres presented by the Hockey Podcast Network and the Charging Buffalo. Make sure you're checking out both the presenters of this podcast on their respective websites. Whatever streaming platform you're currently using to listen to Straight Up Sabres, make sure you're checking out all of our fellow shows on both networks and follow both of the presenters of this show on social media. On top of that, make sure you're following us on social media as well. You can find us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, Straight Up Sabres. And last but not Ooh, least... One second before uh-oh. we do this. We might, I might have bad news. Oh, no. Hold on, I'm going to look up to verify I, it, though. I hate, 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 hate this. Well, hold on. I might have good news. Oh. Because our beloved Rochester Amex are facing elimination tonight. They were 